in uh, the Gospel of Matthew and then uh, use it as a launching pad next few weeks. I want us to, to consider some things that uh, I guess it, you could entitle it some things every Christian should be assured of. It seems like in our day, in our age, that we have a a lot of people that have been saved by the grace of God, um, but yet they just aren't settled on some things. And, um, we're living in a world that if you don't aren't settled on it, that, um, there's people that's going to try to change your mind. And if you don't have the Word of God on the issue, um, they will use the right wording and the right terminology to make you think uh, that maybe they are right. But I'm glad we have a Bible that we can go to, we can look at, and we can read, and it tells us uh, what to believe and what also not to believe. So I want us to look this morning, probably something very, you're very familiar with and have heard many times down through the years, but I want us to revisit it again um, this morning. And I want you to know this morning that you can trust your Bible. You cannot trust a lot of things in this world, but you can trust the Word of God. And I want you to notice what Matthew chapter 25, verse number 35 says. Matthew 24, verse number 35, I'm sorry. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 24, verse number 35. Jesus says this, that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. The book of Proverbs, you don't have to turn there, but book of Proverbs chapter number 7, verse number 2, this is what uh, the wisest man outside the Lord Jesus wrote. He wrote this, he said, Keep my commandments and live, notice this phrase, and my law as the apple of thine eye. That phrase, apple of thine eye, it means, it means uh, the pupil or it means the sinner. Uh, so the wisest man of the, on the earth outside the Lord Jesus is, is telling us that is the best thing that you and I can do is keep the word of God at the center of our life. And yet so many times everything else uh, is in the center of our life and not the word of God and thus uh, causes a lot of trouble and a lot of issues. And even, even among the church today there's a lot of things that are the center of the church that uh, that should not be, but the sinner should be around the Word of God. I understand uh, you're not going to grow a mega church in our day by centering around the Word of God. But yet, what else is the church to center around besides the Word of God? If you, if you grow a church on anything other than the Word of God, you're going to have to continue to have that uh, uh, to keep people. If you... Um, I, there's a church not too far from uh, where I grew up. Uh, uh, several years ago, there was a man that wanted to start a church. And so what he did was uh, he uh, sent a mail out to, um, to all the churches that would be surrounding that area. And on that mail out, it was a, um, had a, had a um, envelope that was already self-addressed. Uh, and it was a card that you tore off. Uh, and you, he had some questions down, and it was, what are you looking for in a church? And so what he did was, he mailed that out to, I think it was, um, I don't know exactly the mile radius of what, where the church was going to be, and so he, 
um, all the different people that filled those in, him and a couple other guys, got together and drawn together what the community was looking for in a church. Now, that church grew astronomically because it was what everybody wanted. And how many of you know that very little Bible was given? Because people don't want the Word of God. Because the Word of God tells us things about ourselves that we don't want to know about ourselves. It shows us things that we don't want to see. And it makes us feel ways a lot of times we don't want to feel. And so in this day, in this age, everybody wants something other than the Bible. But the, but the Word of God says the law, the Word of God, should be the apple of the night, should be the center of everything. And so I want us to look this morning at some things that every Christian should be assured of, and it's the Bible, the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being a good God and loving Savior to us. Lord, as we look at, look at the Word of God and the topic of the Word of God, God, I pray that you would help us to be reassured that we can trust the Word of God, that you gave us everything that we needed to guide our lives, that everything we needed to guide the church, Everything we needed to live our lives in a Christian and godly manner, we have it contained in the Word of God that's before us. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. I pray that you'd do that which only you can do. And draw those that do not know Christ to yourself. Lord, for us that do know Christ, I pray that you'd draw us closer to you also. And we'll be careful to give you the honor and give you the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to notice first thing as we consider this topic about the Word of God. I want you to consider um, the author of the Bible. We find in 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 19 through verse number 20, 21, the Bible says this, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do, dwell that you, take, you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn, and the day star arise in your hearts." Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy not came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We find this word moved here in this verse. It means to be impaled. It means to be carried away or under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16 through 17 says this, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We oftentimes use a word that a lot of people don't understand, that we, uh, a lot of times it's church lingo, and it is the word inspiration. And that word Inspiration, it just means God breathed. It is, a, it is the idea that God dictated the words to holy men so that they would write the exact words, uh, exact words that God would have them to say. Now, there's a lot of people that they'll, they'll make statements like this. Well, the Bible is, is men's words. Uh, that, that men wrote the Bible. But 
But reality of it, men did not write the Bible. They just held the pen that God moved to write the Bible. And we also find that a lot of people say, well, you know, the Bible, it just contains uh, the Word of God. It does not just contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. There's a lot of people say, well, when you talk about the Bible, there's just, not, there's just some things uh, that I don't know if I can believe in the Bible. Well, uh, uh, there's probably some things about science you, won't, you don't believe, but you believe it anyway. They say, well, there's some things in the Bible that I can't explain. Well, there's some things about life that I can't explain, but I don't doubt that I'm living it. Hey, there's some things about marriage I can't explain, but it don't change the fact that I'm married. There's a lot of things that I can't explain, but I have to just take it by faith. Do you know it takes more faith to believe the Bible is not real than it does to believe that it is real? And we find that this Bible, in front you say, well, how, how much do you believe the Bible? I believe the Bible so much that the Bible said Jonah ate the whale, I'd believe it. That's how much I believe the Word of God. Why? Because it is no doubt in my mind that it is true and that it is accurate. And every time that people have tried to stomp it out and people have tried to disregard the Word of God, it always comes shining through. It has took years for science to catch up with the Word of God. It has took millenniums for them to finally get science to where they kind of will understand, they kind of begin to understand the world because they begin to quit looking at everything else and started looking at the Bible and tried to. And, and listen, the best way to explain something, or the best person to explain something to somebody is the person who created it. And so we find that this, the Bible is, is true. It does not just contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. We find that, listen, listen to some things that not, not only um, could, could we say, I say some things about the Word of God, but notice what the, uh, some things that other people in the Bible have said about the Word of God. The psalmist David wrote this in Psalms 138, verse number 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Notice this, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And so if the, if the word of God is not true, the, the name of God is not even worth anything. And so the name of God is dependent upon the word of God being accurate. And so how can we believe in God if we don't have His Word? What amazes me is people, they'll say, well, I don't know if I can believe the Bible, but they want to pray. Why pray if you don't believe the Bible? Because obviously if you pray, uh, who are you praying to? Well, I'm praying to God. Well, the Bible says that if His Word's not true, then His name's not any good. So we have to understand that there is a lot riding on the Word of God being true. Isaiah verse number 40, verse number 8 says this, The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. Listen, there's a lot of people say, Well, you know what, I, I, just, don't, I just don't know. Or, or this, this is what they, they'll say, Well, you know, I've read a book. I, I'm all for reading. I, I, I used to hate reading, but I've learned that uh, that in the, in the recent years uh, that, uh, that if I'm going to, to be the preacher that God wants me to be, I've got to read. And, I, 
And there's some good people to read after. There's some horrible people to read after. And a lot of people say, well, well you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this book uh, and I'm going to interpret the Bible using this book. That's where you're wrong. If you use a book to interpret the Bible, you're putting more stock in a man than you are a holy God. So what you need to do is you need to see if that book lines up with the Bible and if that book don't line up with the Bible, you need to keep the Bible and throw the book in the trash. I, I, I'm reminded of what one man, this issue of Calvinism, believing that, that God only died for a select few. Uh, uh, one old preacher made the statement, he said, a person never become a Calvinist by reading the Bible. They only become a Calvinist by reading other men. And that is reality. If a person gets, gets carried off in a false doctrine, it's not because they read the Bible, it's because they read a book. And so, so all the books that we should read should not, not seek to tear down the Word of God, but it should to reinforce the Word of God. And so not only in Psalms, uh, one, uh, Psalms 12, verse number 6, the Bible says this, The words of the Lord are pure words, uh, as silver tried in a, in a furnace of earth, uh, purified uh, uh, seven times. Uh, so we find that the author of the Bible is that not none other than God Himself. To sure, He used the hand of men. But, but it's amazing to me, they don't, they, they, they have a, a lot of people have a problem with saying God used... Uh, uh, the hand of men to write the Bible, but they never argue about, about God using a rooster to speak to Peter. They never argue about a donkey speaking to Balaam. So why is it that they attack the, in, the uh, credibility of the Word of God, but don't attack the credibility of those other things? Here's why. Because a rooster speaking to Peter does not tell me that I'm a sinner and tells me that I'm lost without hope, and that if I, don't get, if I don't receive Christ, that I will die and go to a literal hell. A donkey talking to Balaam don't tell me that I'm worthless, and that I'm nothing, and that I am lost and undone, and that there's nothing I can do to save myself. That has nothing to do with soul salvation. But when you begin to open up the Bible, and people begin to realize that the Bible is reading their mail to them, that's what they have a problem with. And so we find that the reason that they have a problem with it is, is and there again, is not necessarily because of the accuracy uh, uh, that they say that they don't believe. A lot of the problem is they just don't like the author. A lot of the reason people don't want to believe the Bible is because they don't want to believe in God. They'll say, well, how can a loving God do this or a loving God do that? I'll tell you why it happened, because of sin. It wasn't God's intention for that to happen. It wasn't God's intention for it to go this way. But because of sin, this is the way it went. And God had to respond because God is a holy God and God cannot look upon sin. God cannot dwell where sin dwells. And so that's why we're in the shape we're in. Is not because of God. It's because man chose sin over God. And that's where we are today. So it's not a God problem. It's a man's problem because he changed the course of God because of sin. And so that's why we are in the place that we are. Not only do we see the author of the Bible, but we also, see, also think about what the Bible can do. Why is it so important to read the Bible? Why is it so important to, to study the Word of God? I mean, shouldn't it just be enough that we have the, 
have the Bible in our car, car dash, or have it on our coffee table, or have it by our bedside. Shouldn't it just be enough just to, uh, to pick it up one day a week, or, or maybe once a year, or maybe even uh, once every six months? Shouldn't that just be enough? Well, uh, for a lot of people it is enough, but reality is not enough. Because there's some things that the Bible does for us uh, when we get in the Word of God and let the Word of God get in us. Number one, one of the things that the Bible can do is that the Bible shows the need of salvation. Paul testifies to this uh, when he's talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, verse number 15. And, for, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. And what did that do? Which were able to make thee wise unto salvation uh, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, not only does it make, a, it shows a person's need for salvation, but after salvation, it grows the believer. Second uh, Peter chapter number two, verse number two says this: As newborn babes uh, didn't de- uh, desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Do you know there's no way for a Christian to grow outside the word of God? There's no way for a Christian to grow outside of getting the Word of God and letting the Word of God get in them. You say, well, preacher, I pray that God will grow me as a Christian. He'll never do it until you get in the Bible. You say, well, I'm praying that God will make me a stronger Christian. You'll never be a stronger Christian until you get in the Bible. The Bible is is the necessity for us to grow. So not only do we see that it is for the believer's growth, but it also, notice this, I, I want you to know, it keeps the believer from being offended. Notice Psalm 119, verse 
I'll just go back. All of them may not come back, but I promise you one day, at least one of them will. And you know what? That'll be worth it all. That the hardest thing for us is to just to realize that God's word is it will not return to him void. He'll do what it won't, he needs it to do. Sometimes it takes longer than what we anticipate. But yet, that's his business. We find the word of God helps us leave, live a clean life. We all could quote this, prop, this verse, Psalms 119, verse number 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto according to thy word. We find that, that the word of God also increases our faith. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I dare to say that everybody that's a Christian here this morning, that if I ask you to raise your hand, every, probably near about every hand would go up. If I ask you the question, how many of you have, said, have prayed, Lord, build my faith or increase my faith or help me have faith, probably never, everybody in here would raise their hand. But you know how we get more faith? It's just by reading the Bible. It's not by some secret that we get faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You know why so, you know why so many of us don't believe God can do anything in this day? It's because you put your Bible away. You know why so many people are failing and, and frailing in this day, in this hour, saying God's done, God's through, the church is over with, the, the, day, the glory days is over with. You know why those days are here? It's because people quit reading the Bible. You know why people's looking for a new way and a new thing and a different thing and a new, new something? is because they, they think the old way's done away with, the old way is through with, and the reason they think that is because they've been listening to somebody else instead of getting in the book and letting the book get in them. Friend, God's not changed. His Word's not changed. So we should not change. Keep preaching the same message. Keep, keep preaching the same standards. Keep preaching the same thing. Why? Because that's what God expects us to do. If God was done, we'd be in heaven. But God's not done. You know why so many people have so much doubt about, uh, about, the, about things they pray? Because they quit reading the Bible. I, I love fishing. I've always loved fishing. Growing up, the only kind of fishing we did was bass fishing. I did not know that you could eat a catfish till I was 17, 18 years old. Because this was my granddad's response. A catfish is the water's buzzard. And so he wasn't eating it. He didn't care who cooked it. He didn't care what new fish house opened up. He wasn't going to eat it. The only thing he ate was bass or white perch. Now, we didn't white perch fish much because Granny would always say a white perch, a white, a, a, he would say a person who fishes for white perch is a person who can't catch a bass. <laughs> and so I didn't grow up catfishing. I grew up bass fishing. And we had, my granny had a little old two-seater boat. We had a, had a uh, 22-acre lake that was behind our house that 
uh, he, he rented, him and some other men rented the, uh, the land around it uh, for hunting. And so uh, the man who owned the lake would allow us to fish, fish the lake. And granddaddy would then in return let him hunt the land that was around it. And so we grew up fishing. And I, I can remember my granddaddy, he was... We had a little old two-seater boat, a little old, uh, plastic pontoon-looking thing, and we'd get out there in a trolling motor, and he would, when he would get a, uh, get a bite, he would just let that thing go for a minute, and you knew when he had one because he'd start leaning over. And that boat would start going. And you'd see him put that pole all the way down to the water, he'd let that line get up tight, and when he come up, you better be holding on because you might go flying out the back end. When he jerked it, he meant to jerk it. And so that's all I ever knew. If, if, you, if you missed it, it wasn't because uh, it was too small or because the hook was too big. You didn't jerk it hard enough. And so I had a friend of mine that several years ago, I was pastoring, he's a crappie man, fisherman. He loves, he loves the crappie fishing. He told me, he said, he said, Preacher, I want you to go with me. And I told him the same thing my granddad said. I said, he said, I said, the only people that crappie fish is people who can't catch a bass. He said, well, just come. And so we went out there and we was trolling along. And man, he was pulling them up left and right. And it had been an hour and he had done, got a boat full. And I ain't caught the first one. I had plenty of bites. And he was just a laugh. But I finally got to watch him. He was doing a lot of things different than I was. When I went to jerk, I jerked it. But when he, all he did was just pull up. And I got to watch him. I'm a slow learner, but I, I learned pretty quick that day. And so I just started pulling up. You know what happened? They started coming, coming back, coming in the boat then. And I asked him, I said, I said, what, what's the deal? He said, well, he said, you're used to bass fishing. And he said, they have a large, big mouth. He said, these have a real small mouth. He said, but they also have a very thin mouth. He said, every one you have jerked, you've, tore, you've ripped the hook out of their lip. You know, I got thinking, that's where a lot of Christians are. We're, instead of being like a bass with a big mouth when we pray, we're like a crappie. Does not the Bible say that God can do anything? Exceedingly above, abundantly above anything that we ask or think? But why do we pray such small, weak prayers? I'll tell you why. Because we forgot how, good, how big God is. You know how we forgot that? We've not been reading the word of God. The word of God increases our faith. I want you to know, we've, we've heard, I, I remember when I was a hospice chaplain, there was one particular man, there were some people I dreaded to go see. I would intentionally move them to the last day so I could just hopefully, this is going to sound bad, but hopefully something would happen and I wouldn't have to go see them. 
But there's one man that if he was on my last day, the last day of the week, I would always move him to the first day because I wanted to go see him. And his name was Mr. Mooney. He was a Church of God man, but I, every time, I never failed. Every time I walked in his house, if I went 4 o'clock in the evening or if I went at 8 o'clock in the morning, there was one thing consistent about Mr. Mooney. He was sitting in his chair. He had his feet propped up. He had him, uh, a, his favorites was the uh, uh, oatmeal raisin cream filled pies. And his philosophy was this. I'm on hospice. So why keep my sugar under control? That was his philosophy. He'd tell you. I'm on hospice. They gave me six months to live. Might as well go ahead and live it up. And buddy, he did. Little Debbie probably made a million dollars off that man every time he was in, on hospice. He'd have those. He'd have a Diet Coke, I guess, to offset. But every time I walked in this house, this was he had on his TV, he had the Bible playing. He couldn't see, hardly see. He couldn't read the Bible anymore because of his eyes. But he had had it played. And I asked him one day, I've been going to see him three months, and I asked him, I said, I said, just how many times have you listened to that through? He said, well, in the last three months, probably, I probably listen to it once, one, one time every month. And I and I, I just, there again, his philosophy was so much, I'm dying, so who cares? That was his philosophy about everything but the Bible. And every time I'd go to see him, month that, week after week, month after month, it was on. And you know what? That man had the most faith of anybody I ever knew, I've ever met. And I believe it was because of what he surrounded himself with. I asked him, I said, I said, how, how often do you play? He said, it plays 24-7. He says, when I play, when I go to sleep at night, he said, I write down the book, the chapter, and the verse that I'm at. He said, right before I close my eyes, he said, then I close my eyes. He said, I let it play all the way through. And then when I wake up in the morning, I go back to the book, the chapter, and the verse I was at when I closed my eyes. He said, it never stops playing. He said, now I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't, he said a lot of times people's in and out like you, even when you was visiting, he didn't, he just stopped, kept playing. But you'd see him, he'd write it down. He knew where it was at. And I thought to myself, man, that, that I'd be that way. That I would care that much for, for the Bible. Now, there again, I believe so, so much of the reason why we don't think God can do anything in this day is because we've quit reading the Bible. Several, several years ago, we kept hearing this, this phrase, uh, essentialness. This business is essential or non-essential. I say the Bible is very essential. Notice Matthew chapter 4, verse number 4, the Bible says, but he... 
answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The word of God is essential in our lives, it's essential in our families, our homes, our churches. Job made this statement in the midst of his the midst of everything he was going through, Job 23, 12, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I've esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. We find the word of God essential for the knowledge of the gospel. It's essential to maintain a spiritual life. But it's essential to know God's will. There again, God's will is not something that is hidden. God's will is something that's very evident and it's found in the Word of God. You want to know God's will? Get in God's Word. The only way to know God's will is to get in God's Word. And you'll find that God's will never goes against God's Word. We find the Bible is very essential should be the center of everything. We find a person cannot be saved outside of hearing the word of God. The word of God has to be given to them because where, where, where do you even get the gospel from? You get it from the word of God. We find that there's so many things. A lot of times we pray for, for our church to be a spiritual church. Programs don't make a spiritual church. Singing doesn't make a spiritual church. It, it, at Sunday school doesn't make a spiritual church. The only thing that makes a spiritual church is those things that, can, that make the word of God the preeminence. If, you, if, 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 a Sunday school pro, if a Sunday school program makes the word of God the preeminence, it'll be spiritual. If the church makes the word of God to have the preeminence, it'll be spiritual. But the moment that a, a church or any ministry begins to make something have preeminence other than the word of God, it ceases being spiritual. And starts becoming fleshly. This is, this is the reason why James would write this in James chapter 1 verse number 22 but, he, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves the word of God has to not only be heard but the word of God has to be followed we'll never be a, the Christian God has for us if we don't make sure the word of God the Bible is preeminent in our lives As I was going through, I have a preaching Bible and then I have a study Bible. That I, most of the time, my preaching Bible stays stays over here, and then I have a, another Bible on my desk. That's what I use during the week. And I was flipping through, flipping through it, looking for looking for a specific something, and and a couple couple yeah, I guess a couple years ago, I remember the man who gave it to me gave me this poem and it was about the word of God and to begin to read it I thought man what what truth it is and this is what it said it says though its cover is worn and the pages are torn and though places bear traces of tears yet more precious than gold it is a book worn and old 
that can shatter and scatter all my fears. This old book is my guide, tis a friend by my side. It will lighten and brighten my way. And each promise I find soothes and gladdens the mind as I read it and heed it each day. To this book I will cling, of its worth I will sing. Through great losses and crosses be mine. I cannot despair those surrounded by care while possessing this treasure of mine. Friend, every Christian ought to be assured that the Word of God is exactly that. The Word of God. Song leader musicians come. We're living in a day.